you have your Bibles, you can turn to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read, we're going to focus really on verse 15, but we're going to read just to get the context, verses 1 to 4 and verses 9 and 10 before we read verse 15. And so folks, listen, this is the word of God. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. This is God's Word. Moby Dick, classic book by Herman Melville. Uh, It's a quest book, and it opens in a really odd way. Okay, the beginning of this book talks about the character Ishmael and why he goes on his quest. Listen to this. Some years ago, Never mind how long precisely. Having little or no money in my purse, and nothing particular to interest me on shore, I thought I would sail about a little and see the watery part of the world. Whenever I find myself growing grim about the mouth, whenever it is a damp and drizzly November in my soul, whenever I find myself involuntarily pausing before coffin warehouses, and bringing up the rear of every funeral I meet. And especially whenever my depression gets an upper hand on me, that it requires strong moral principle to prevent me from deliberately stepping into the street and methodically knocking people's hats off. (laughs) Then I count it high time to get off to sea as soon as I can. So says Ishmael in the grip of the suffering of his life. He has no money. He's bored. He's depressed. It's winter in his soul. And he's angry. He's angry with himself, with God, with everything. I know many of us feel the same way about our lives. Even if it's not to the same degree or intensity, maybe it's just a low-grade irritability for you. Maybe it's just a simmering, like just underneath the skin of your life. We all have problems. We have money problems. We're bored. We get depressed. It feels like it's winter in our souls. We are angry. And we struggle with God, right? We, we have dreams or expectations that, that are unfulfilled. And, and the worst part about it is that we're stuck. Right? We're stuck. Or are we? Are we stuck? Is everything out of our control? No. 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 God speaks into our doldrums 
And God doesn't just speak, but he has acted. God has done something in Jesus that brings about a new beginning. It's a new hope. It's a powerful answer that brings the one thing that we all need in the midst of every single one of those problems. And that's peace. Peace. Look at verse 15. If you have a pen or a pencil, you just circle the word, that phrase, the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That's God's solution. And this peace of Christ flows directly out of his resurrection from the dead. Okay, that's what we're going to see today. Today we're going to see how the resurrection of Jesus matters to your problems because we're going to see how the resurrection of Christ brings you peace. Brings you peace. I have one hope for you today. One hope, and it's that you would experience this peace of Christ. So if you're here today and you're a Christian, I want you to understand this peace so that you can experience it. You already have it. And the reality is that so many of us do not live in it. We have the peace, but it's not ruling our hearts. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want you to understand this peace and receive it as a gift from God so that you can live in it. That's my hope this morning. We're going to see three things about the peace of Christ today. So if you want to write something down, uh, here are the points, the main points that we're going to go through. We're going to see first the peace that Jesus has. Second, the peace that Jesus gives. And then third, the result that peace produces. The peace that Jesus has, the peace that Jesus gives, and the result that peace produces. So first, let's look at the peace that Jesus has. In order to understand the peace of Christ, you have to understand God's intention with the world that he made. Okay, when God made the world, he made the world to be a place that would be literally drenched with peace and harmony. Okay, peace in every way. We were created to have peace with God, peace with each other, peace with the world around us, and then peace within ourselves. Like that was God's intention. And this fourfold peace is wrapped up in the Hebrew word that you know. It's the word shalom. Right? We, we hear that word thrown around in our culture. That's the peace that God intended us to live in. This full-orbed, magnificent, far-reaching peace that touches everything. That was God's intention. The problem is that peace has been radically disrupted. That peace has been radically disrupted. So much has been done to destroy that peace in all four aspects. The peace with God, the peace with other people, the peace with the world, the peace within ourselves. And when we think about the peace that Jesus has, even for Jesus, when he lived on this earth, that peace was radically disrupted because Jesus came to fight against those things that disrupt peace. Okay, that's why he came. He came to fight against those things that were destroying the peace in the world that God made. He was sent 
into the middle of the battle between God and evil. Okay, he came to, to put himself in the middle of that battle. When Jesus came to earth, he didn't just speak against evil, right? He didn't just speak against those things that disrupt peace in our lives, but he, like, he didn't just call us to change our lives. He didn't just pick on us and show us all the ways that we were wrong. Jesus actually experienced the disruption that he spoke against. Okay, he didn't just understand our lack of peace, but he experienced our lack of peace. He put himself, it was like he plunged himself into the depths of our problems. Okay, he didn't just care about it from heaven. He didn't just come down and talk about it and give us an answer. You know, where you, you, like you call him on a talk show and say, here's my problem. Oh, here's the answer. But Jesus actually plunged himself into the middle of our problems. Both are experienced in this life of the lack of peace, but also he experienced the consequences of our lack of peace. He experienced where we're all headed if we don't make peace with God. It's like Jesus entered a burning building to save us, and as he pushed us out, it collapsed on him. This is why he died. He died because in order for him to restore peace, he had to take on the disruption of peace personally. He had to take on the consequences of the way that we have disrupted the peace of God's world. You have to understand this in order to understand what his resurrection meant. In order to understand the significance of his resurrection. On that first Easter Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead. Right? He came out of the grave. He rose, and for him, his peace was restored. Okay, he ascended into heaven. Mission accomplished. Okay? He purchased forgiveness. He is done with suffering. Okay, he is beyond death. He is beyond temptation. He is beyond suffering. All the suffering that he experienced in his life, he is done. And so now he is experiencing the glory and the joy and the perfect peace of heaven. He now has that eternal perspective. He can see both the beginning and the end. Okay, you have to understand this because you need to understand this is peace that Jesus has okay we long for it right we're we're a bit envious of that peace but but just you have to have in your mind firmly fixed the peace that jesus now has because he is raised from the dead jesus knows the beginning and the end he knows the end of the story he knows how things are all moving in the direction that god wants and this is the good news of the resurrection okay this is it changed everything for jesus Jesus is now sitting down at God's right hand, right? Verse 1, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. He's sitting down there because his work is finished. His work is finished. And Jesus' resurrection changes everything for us, too. Now, how? Right? How? How does that work for us? 
That's our second point. So we've seen the peace that Jesus has, point one. Point two is the peace that Jesus gives. Okay, the peace that Jesus gives. We long for that peace that Jesus has, right? Um, yeah, like I said, we're a little bit envious of it, but how does it benefit us? How does Jesus' peace make a difference in our lives? Well, again, we've got to look at verse 15. Verse 15 answers that question. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it rule in your hearts. What does that mean? That means he gives his peace to you. The peace that Jesus has up there, he gifts to you. Now, how do we do that, right? How exactly do you let the peace of Christ rule in your heart? Well, let's talk about that. Because if we could know this peace personally, it would change everything. We went to go see um, Beauty and the Beast at the Junior Theater this last weekend. Um, and in, it's interesting, in the theater production, I'd forgotten about this, there were some extra songs that aren't in the Disney movie. Okay? And some of the extra songs are actually pretty wonderful because they give you more insight into what's going on in the hearts and minds of the characters as they're going through the story. Um, the Beast has this incredible song that he sings. At that moment, there, there's the moment where he... He learns, I mean, he loves Belle, and because of his love for Belle, he lets her go because her father's in trouble. And so he lets Belle leave the castle to return to her father. Um, and it's because of his love, right? He loves her, but the irony is that it's because of his love that he lets her go. And him letting her go, he knows that this means that she is not going to learn to love him back, which means that the spell that he is under is never, ever going to be broken. Okay, so he realizes he's consigning himself. He's sacrificing his own hope to ever be restored, to be human again, because of his love for her. And this is what he sings. This is what he sings. He says, no spell has been broken. No words of love spoken. I finally know that I will always be in this hopeless state, condemned to wait, wait for death to set me free. Like, that's hopeless, right? And, and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, I'm sort of connecting, wow, like, I mean, this really is an interesting picture of self-sacrificial love. And then that last line, waiting for death to set me free. He's right. He's right. I mean, because at the end of the story, right, it's, it's him dying, that causes Belle to confess her love, which then brings him back to life, right? So it actually is, it comes true. It's a foreshadow for the beast that it's through death that he is set free. And I think though, just look at the words. I I think many of us feel the same way, right? You think about the problems that you deal with, financial, work, relational, all the circumstantial, the, the issues that we deal with in life. And we feel like there will be no peace for us until we die. Right? That things are not going to get better. The reality is, that's right. The beast is right. We all will have to wait for death in order for us to have peace. But here's the miracle. Here's the miracle. The point of this entire chapter in the Bible is that when you believe in Jesus, 
That's exactly what happens to you. When you believe in Jesus, it's just like the play. At the end of the play, the beast is killed and then brought back to life to be a transformed, resurrected life by the love of Bell. This passage of scripture is saying that we too, when we believe in Jesus, we also die. And we are brought back to a transformed, resurrected life through the love of Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's right here. Look at this. Verse 3. It says, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 1. You have been raised with Christ. So we go through this death and resurrection, not when we die, but now. Today. Today, when we believe in Jesus, or when we renew our faith in Jesus, we experience a death and a resurrection. That's the wonder of this passage. I mean, you wouldn't think this up. You couldn't even come close to hoping that this could be true if God didn't say it himself in the Bible. Look at verses 9 and 10. Do not lie to one another. This is what it looks like. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Your old self dies. And you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. This is death and resurrection. And so, catch this. As part of your new self, you get the peace of Christ. Okay, you get the peace of Christ. That's part of your new self. You can take the peace of Christ and put it on and wear it like a jacket. Okay, at home now, in your wardrobe, your invisible wardrobe of the new self, you can take out a hanger and on that hanger, there's a jacket that's called the peace of Christ and you can put it on and wear it. You can have that peace of Jesus Christ, the peace that he has. You can have it, you can wear it, you can walk in it, you can let it rule in your heart. When you do this, it will give you what 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every circumstance. You can have this peace of Christ in every circumstance in your life. So what does this actually mean? Right? Some of you are very idea-driven. You're very vision-oriented, and you don't need me to go on. Okay, you're ready. We just leave, and and you're good. Um, The rest of you who are more, like, practical-oriented... Or like, okay, this sounds good, but what exactly does that mean, right? Let's talk more about this. Let's talk more about this. Let's see if we can learn how to put this piece of Christ on. I think um, it changes things about us. Let's see, let's see a couple things that it changes about us. It changes our relationship with God, okay? To where this piece of Christ means to understand that your relationship with God has been changed, Okay, because think about Jesus and his death and resurrection. Why did he come? He came to do battle, right? He came to war against those things that disrupt peace, right? So he came to do battle with evil, with sin, with selfishness, and he won. Okay, he won. 
The resurrection means he's won. He is victorious. He's raised from the dead. He entered into death, came out the other side. He's victorious. And if you believe in him, then Jesus is your savior. Okay, that means the one that you picked won. Okay? The Padres won the World Series. Right? I mean, it's too big a miracle, right? I mean, Jesus from the dead, yes. Pot, you know, maybe not so much. <laughs> if the Padres were to win, I mean, if you're a Padres fan, you'd experience a sense of elation, right? A sense of victory, you know, it's like vicariously through this team, they won for you, right? You have the sense of satisfaction, of rest. You know, you got about six months, you can just enjoy the fact that you won. Your team won, right? It's the same with Jesus. He won. He has been victorious over sin, over death, over hell, over Satan. He won. And he did it for you. He did it for you. He didn't just die for all the ways that peace gets disrupted generally in the universe. He died for the ways that you have disrupted God's peace in your life, in the lives of others. He died for that. And what that means is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Your relationship with God changes. Romans 5, 1, it's there in your bulletin on page 6. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, justified means forgiven, reconciled, declared righteous in God's sight. Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace. Folks, you have peace with God if you're trusting in Jesus. Let that reign in your life. Let that rule in your heart. In the midst of the circumstances that you are dealing with right now, the problems in your life, realize that the resurrection of Jesus means that you have been forgiven, you have been reconciled with the God of the universe. And you have peace. Think about that peace. It doesn't necessarily change your circumstances. But it certainly changes your heart and your attitude. So that's what we're going to talk about next. So we see our relationship with God changes. So does our relationship with our circumstances. Okay? In this, in this peace that Jesus gives, it changes the relationship that we have with our circumstances because that is probably the biggest enemy that we have toward peace, right? To, to letting the peace of Christ reign in our hearts, the biggest enemy to that is our circumstances, right? This is why we have problems <laughs> because life, people in life, situations in life, issues in life just don't work out the way we want them to, right? And that steals our peace, Circumstances and attitude, right? These are the things that, they're like two people dancing. Okay? Your circumstances, your attitude, right? They're, they're dancing. And the question is, who leads? Right? We think our circumstances have to lead our attitudes. 
We think what happens to us in life has to lead how we feel about our lives or how we measure success. Right? That's just... uh, This part of the Bible, okay, this chapter in the Bible, Colossians chapter 3, is telling us that when your circumstances are leading your attitudes, that's the old way of life. Okay, that is your old self. Verse 3 says that that self died. That part of you that allows your circumstances to lead your attitudes. This is a gift, folks. That when you believe in Jesus, God kills that old self. You can take that coat off and put on the peace of Christ. Your new self... Okay, your new self has an attitude that is so strong that it leads your circumstances. Okay, that's what your new self is like. And if you're trusting in Jesus, you may not have known this about your new self. In one sense, a way to think about spiritual growth in the Christian life is to realize who you are in Christ. Okay, there's all these blessings that the Bible says we have and we just don't live by them all the time. Okay, this is one of those blessings. The new self has an attitude that is so strong it leads your circumstances. Your new self is filled with the peace of Christ and that peace of Christ produces an attitude that leads your reaction to your circumstances. Okay, Romans eight twenty-eight. This is a promise. Romans 8, 28. We just confess this together. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. That's a promise. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. That's the peace that Jesus had. In this life, that was what sustained him. All of his suffering, all of his problems, everything that he endured, including and up to death, God used all of that to bring about the salvation of the world. Every bit of suffering that Jesus experienced helped the world, helped other people understand God, understand his message of grace and forgiveness. God makes that same promise to you. When you love him, he causes everything to work out for good in your life. That promise, that promise gives you peace. Peace in your circumstances. Peace in the midst of your problems. What will happen with that promise is that you'll begin. This is kind of a really, it's an amazing thing that gets exciting. When, and, and sometimes sometimes you see it in big ways, sometimes in small ways. But you, you'll begin to actually see how God is working out your circumstances for good. And when you start to see it, boy, it's like, look out. Then life gets exciting because then you, you're like, okay, I hear it, I believe it, but now I see it in my own life. 
that, that gets really exciting. Um, I, I know a couple, uh, their parents, um, good friends. They have a son who was estranged from them. Okay. And in his life, he ended up having a child with his girlfriend. Soon after that child was born, their son was arrested for child abuse. He was in jail for four years during his trial. So during his trial. Um, And when he got to jail, that was when he called on his parents to help. Well, they began to help him. And helping him meant that they had to go to the jail at 3 o'clock in the morning on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And they had to wait outside of the jail for four hours just to be able to get an appointment to see him later that day. Okay, at 7 a.m. was when they would dish out the appointments. But you had to get there early. Otherwise, there'd be too many people and there were a limited number of slots. So they were getting there at 3 in the morning for four hours. I mean, there were times when they would just be laying down um, on the stone wall kind of area and sometimes fall asleep in the cold. And it was shameful for them because it's probably the worst. This was reported in the news all over the place as the worst case of child abuse in the history of the county. Their son ended up being convicted and sent to prison, and he's now serving a life sentence for what he did. You want to talk about circumstances, right? Um, Let me tell you, these parents have been and are being governed by the peace of Christ. They have let the peace of Christ rule in their hearts. And I can't wait to tell you the good that God has brought out of this situation, out of these circumstances. The two of them have both returned to Jesus, the parents. They, were, they had drifted from God. They sort of got busy Um, He sold himself to his career and really did not do a good job with his family. He was always gone, never available, never around. Um, They both had drifted off. They have come back to Jesus. And they are now living in a relationship with him. The circumstances with their son woke them up to help them see what they were doing with their lives, the direction they were going. And they are now fully committed to using the second half of their lives to serving God and serving others. Their son is now walking with Jesus and has been for seven years. The peace of Christ now rules in his heart, even in prison. Even in prison, he is walking with Jesus and helping other people to follow Jesus He has been a peacemaker within the jail and within the prison. He's making peace. Other parents and other relatives of other inmates, um, that three in the morning to seven in the morning group of parents and relatives that were all there visiting their inmates, 
developed a pretty amazing community of folks. Um, there are other people who, because of these parents and the relationships that they've built, they have helped other people find hope, find comfort, find a way through the darkness of the circumstances. And there are numerous people who are now in love with Jesus and serving Jesus with their lives and helping other people to find this peace of Christ because of these two parents. These other parents and relatives who were visiting other inmates introduced these two parents to their inmate relatives, right? And because of that, other inmates have turned their lives around. And instead of disrupting the peace that plagues the world that God made, they are now actively making peace in God's world and showing other people how to experience God's peace. These are people who now have the peace of Christ ruling in their hearts. I could go on. There was a baby who was adopted because of this, this crazy random set of circumstances. And a child who was going to be born in an awful situation is in a loving home where God used the circumstances to meet. Like this is totally separate from the jail and the prison, completely separate. And yet this couple whose hearts were breaking, who were at the end of their rope and frustrated with God and what is God doing in their God used the circumstances over here in the jail and the prison so that now they have an adopted son. Folks, this isn't, this isn't a Hallmark card. Romans 8.28 is a promise from God that you can take to the bank. God works all things together for good to those who love him. Eternity has been changed forever because of the way these two parents responded to their circumstances. Because in the dance with their circumstances, they did not let their circumstances lead. The peace of Christ ruled in their hearts. And let me be clear, it it was not an easy road. Um, Unbelievable suffering, unbelievable tears, times of depression and despair. Right? This does not sugarcoat all of life's bad circumstances. We're not talking about that. It's not like sticking your head up in the clouds or in the sand and ignoring the real pain of life. They have gone through hell on earth through this. And Jesus went with them every step of the way. The peace of Christ ruling in their hearts. That's the gift of Jesus to you as you this is why the resurrection matters to your problems because Jesus has this peace and when you trust in him that old self that lets circumstances dictate dies and he gives you new life a new attitude he lets his he, he gives you his peace and if you would be willing to let his peace rule in your hearts you will see it transform 
How do you do that? Well, we got, there's verses here. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So this involves, this is a real relationship with God. And part of that relationship means going to him in everything with prayer and supplication, pouring your heart out to the Lord, telling God how frustrated you are with your circumstances and saying, God, I don't want to let my circumstances lead. Please let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. God will say, yeah, Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus has reconciled you to me and I am working all things for good. That's how God will respond. And you'll say, well, how does that work in my situation, Lord? And the Lord will say, well, let's look together. Right? As you pray with God, he will put impressions and thoughts and ideas in your mind of where he's working, how he's working, and how you have a relationship with him that is rock solid and can't be shaken by your circumstances. I mean, you think about, you think about, um, you know, next steps. I mean, this is, it's part of it. It's, it's, it's going deeper with the Lord. Spending more time with him gives you this peace, right? It's looking for how God is at work. These are the ways that you let the peace of Christ reign in your life. And it's doing it together. I mean, again, this is exactly why we have community groups This is why we all need to be in relationships with other people who are trying to follow Jesus because the reality is that for these two parents, if they were alone, none of this would have happened. If they didn't have people supporting them, encouraging them, sometimes believing for them, (laughs) um, none of us, we can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. And so this is the peace that Jesus gives. And it's tied right in with our third point, um, the result that peace produces. The big indicator, right? How do you know if you're letting the peace of Christ rule in your hearts? How do you know if it's working for you? Well, the big indicator that it's ruling your hearts is thankfulness. It's thankfulness. That's the end of verse 15. So let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Thankful. Amazing things happen as this peace of Christ rules in your heart. When you understand that you have a reconciled relationship with the God of the universe, that means more than anything else in life. When you begin to see how God is working good, in the circumstances that you deal with. When you begin to see these things in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the frustration, in the midst of the burning, like smoldering anger, the frustration, in the midst of all of that, you can and will be thankful. Thankful. If you think it would take a miracle to be thankful, you're right. But that's what the resurrection brings about. It brings about a miracle. A miracle in your life. 
you could be thankful. Lord, this is awful, but thank you that I have a relationship with you that this cannot touch. Lord, I don't want to go through this. I am not thankful for this circumstance. But I'm thankful that you are using this circumstance to bring about good in my life and the lives of others. Can you thank God for what's going on in your life right now? Just the act of thanking God causes the peace of Christ to reign a little more in your heart. How different would your life look if the peace of the resurrected Christ ruled in your life? How different if you were thankful to God in all things? Not necessarily for all things, but in all things. Man, if... If you want to know how to take the next step, I mean, there's lots of ways to do this. Um, on the back of this welcome card, you know, we have a, just some decisions that you could choose to make. If you want to commit yourself to Jesus, you can receive this peace if you don't have it. If you're here and you're not a Christian, Jesus will give you this peace. You will find forgiveness with him. All you need to do, you can pray and just confess your sins to God. Say, God, I'm sorry I've lived apart from you. Please forgive me. If you trust in Jesus for your forgiveness, you will have this peace as a gift to you and you can begin to walk in that. Um, Sign up for our Christianity Explored class. We're going to be talking about how does this peace actually work in your life? How do you apply it to your life? Get into a community group if you're not in one because again, you need other people and their support to get good at this. It takes practice. Right? It takes practice, it takes encouragement, it takes the perspective of people outside. You want to spend time with Jesus. Because as you spend time with him, his peace will filter into more and more of your life. Um, I saw the husband this week of this couple, and he said something to me that was just mind-blowing. He said, you know, it's so interesting because when people talk to us and they're going through stuff, like we are, our hearts go out to them because what they're experiencing feels to us like it's so much worse than what we've had to go through. Like, what do you say? What? what? And he's telling me some examples of people who are suffering. And like, to me, I'm thinking, okay, you put these things on a scale and what they've, what these parents have experienced, it's like, you know, there's nowhere near. And yet, when you have the peace of Christ ruling in your hearts, when you are thankful for what God does in the midst of your circumstances, somehow, miraculously, like as you see Jesus walking with you through this stuff, you get this sense of, man, like if Jesus is with us, we can overwhelmingly conquer just about anything. And our hearts go out to other people until they get it. Right? And you become someone that can radically help others who wants to help others and it's just sort of the upside down way that the gospel just sort of changes things I mean, it's amazing and it's available to you today today if you look to jesus in faith let's pray together oh lord i am thankful
And, and I want to say that we all are thankful. I want to invite everybody who's here to join me and in their hearts to thank you for what you are doing in our lives. You have brought all of us here, whether we're Christians at this point or we're not. Lord, we are here listening to you, to your perspective. Jesus, I am thankful for what you've done in my life. I'm thankful for the suffering because of what you've brought through it. I'm thankful for the way that you have shown us through the lives of people that we know who have been able to overcome suffering and the troubles in their life because Jesus rose from the dead. Lord, help us. We want to let your peace rule in our hearts. And we want to be more thankful. Speak to each one of us. Help us to see that on your face is a mixture of understanding tears, empathetic pain. You understand our pain. And yet there is hope and joy because you have been raised from the dead. Help us to experience your resurrection for ourselves. Give us your peace in every circumstance. And help us all to spend time with you so that we would see that peace grow. Amen.